0: Keep on!
1: Okay. Welcome to Move Left Idiots. Uh, I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo. I'm joined by my co-host, LaDonna Loki. LaDonna, how you doing? Good. Cool. Um, So, big week. Um, (laughs) We obviously had the uh, absolutely disastrous tax vote last night.
2: Into the wee hours.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I stayed up watching uh, more C-SPAN than I've ever watched in my entire life. I, I think. think
2: that's true of a lot of America, actually. It's like C-SPAN yeah. is riveting suddenly.
1: <laughs> yeah, riveting or like uh, horrifying. I don't I don't know Nauseating. what the word is. Yeah, yeah.
2: all of the infuriating.
1: Yeah. So. We'll get into that, uh, and we'll get into a couple other things, uh, the, the weekly sexual assault roundup, uh, of course. Oh,
2: I hate that we have to have that section.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we always have material for it. We do. <laughs> unfortunately. We're going to have to expand <sighs> it into its own podcast, I think. I think eventually. so. <laughs> an oh. hour. We could do an hour on that every week. Oh my gosh. Um we're going to get into that. Uh, first, though, I we have an interview, a uh, very special interview that I want to bring uh, everybody. Um, most of our listeners uh, are probably familiar with this individual. Uh, he is uh, known as Peter Douche on Twitter. He previously was tweeting from the at Angry Burner uh, handle until Twitter permanently suspended his account. Uh Injustly, because they said he violated the terms of service, but he wasn't actually violating the terms of service uh, for parody accounts. He had parody in his description. I mean, his name was Peter Douche for God's sakes. Like <laughs> nobody was. I do nobody understand.
2: Really I, confused it for Peter Dow.
1: Well, you know, I do understand that Peter Dow is a massive douche. So it, it is possible that when you look at that, you, it, you could your mind could be like, "Oh, that's that's the real guy." <laughs> Like, I don't know if you watch Mr. Robot, but there's like, he always, uh, there's this company called E-Corp and whenever he sees it written somewhere, he sees it written as Evil Corp. (laughs) So the show just has it written out as Evil Corp. So it's, maybe it's like that kind of situation for your brain, just, um, but no, he followed all the rules and they suspended him anyway. Um, but, uh, he got a lot of grassroots support in the wake of that and, he is tweeting again, and it, he's using satire to take on the powerful, which is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you're not supposed to. Well, you to... know,
2: and so there's an account uh, with that uses Joanne Reed's image. Um, I think it's Joanne Rude. Um, I can't remember if that's the exact handle. I think it's but...
1: Joanne Coulter.
2: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so she hasn't been suspended. So there again, I mean, I'm sure she's probably waiting for it, but um, I don't understand what the difference is, really.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure considering that Peter Dow has worked with David Brock before, there they their whole business is employing an army of Twitter bots to you know correct the record, so to speak. So I'm right. sure they had a bunch of people mass report him and get him you know permanent. That's banned. exactly
2: what happened. Yeah, there was a um, a legion of people that that just had a, a reminder every day to report him. So.
1: Yeah, so, so fucked up this whole thing. So we had a really, really interesting conversation about uh, censorship in general and the kind of evolution of um, Silicon Valley being able to control everyone's free speech, essentially. Um, and it's and it's just interesting because I like I was talking to him about it. I was like, it's kind of amazing to me that we have a bunch of fucking octogenarians in Congress, like Diane Feinstein, leading these <laughs> these panels about. Uh, Russian Facebook ads and things like that, and saying, "Well, if you guys don't do something about it, we will." Dianne Feinstein, like, there wasn't even electricity invented <laughs> they when they were communicating it. by
2: Morse code. When yeah, she was I born.
1: mean, like, <laughs> it, it, it's just amazing to me that the, these these dinosaurs are are regulating these things that they don't have any idea. Uh, what they're talking about. So can you imagine
2: being the staff member, like on her team that has to explain this shit to her, like (laughs) diagrams drawn, (laughs) make a diorama
1: explaining net neutrality to Diane Feinstein. Just just kill me. Get out the puppets again.
2: (laughs) we have got to tell her.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, yeah, but that, so that was a great interview uh, we did with Peter. So I'm going to play that now uh, and we will come back and chat about uh, taxes and all the rest. Okay, so on the podcast today, I am joined by a very special guest, uh, live from his self-imposed exile at the Embassy Suites. It is the uh, legendary Peter Douche. Peter, thanks for coming on.
0: Hey, great to be here.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I'm sure most of our listeners know you. Uh, we, 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 do, we tend to skew heavy on, like, the weird left Twitter uh, audience. But for those that don't... Um, You, up until recently, were running the uh, Twitter account at Angry Burner, which was the Peter Douche parody account, um, where you basically were just uh, tweeting, uh, using satire to expose the hypocrisy of the establishment, specifically Peter Dow. Uh, Just for people that don't know, although I'm sure most of our listeners do, just give a quick little background on, on who Peter Dow is and why he's... Such an absurd figure,
0: right? Uh, he's probably the easiest target on the ridiculous centrist Twitter. Um, he's worked for Hillary over the years on her campaign, also other losing campaigns. He's got a full history of losing, so he's an expert on politics. But, yeah. uh he uh, he along with um, Tom Watson formed uh, what is it? What was it called? Oh, the Hillary Men. And their purpose <laughs> their purpose was to basically uh, target the wine moms on the internet and uh, make, make a big, strong, centrist appeal. And it gave them a venue to label everything as sexist that, that people opposed about Hillary.
1: Yeah. And, and <laughs> for people that don't know him, he, he's also just one of the most self-important, douchiest human but like His right. lack of self-awareness, it makes him such a great... Uh, target for, for your satire because <laughs> oh
0: yeah i mean one thing i thought was funny is that the day i was i was uh suspended from twitter you know he's tweeting on his own account how ridiculous it is that that progressives are online tweeting about you know bringing my account back and they're, they're tweeting about a parody account while there's a uh, an actual shooting and you know, there was a national shooting another tragedy yeah and he, he totally misses the irony that he's tweeting about a parody account.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, settling a grudge while they're... Right. I mean, and not to mention...
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, he's got a platform of, you know, a uh, hundred times bigger than I ever will. I mean, yeah, you
1: know, of course. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's not like there's not a shooting every day in America, so it's not like you could pick a day, you know, where
0: right. it or also happened to be. Or we can't
1: we can't debate two issues at once or, you know, I mean, yeah, of course a, it's, it's ridiculous. So yeah, you mentioned uh, that Twitter banned you. Um, Twitter has very specific rules about uh, parody and satire uh, in their, in their accounts. Um, what, what, what did you understand those to be and what did they give you as a reason for banning your account permanently? Cause it seemed like you were within the parameters of their terms of service when it came to a parody account
0: right and i mean they're they you know it'd be one thing if they didn't allow parodies but they have specifically written rules about we will not cancel a parody account if and they comply with these rules and the rules are just that your name can't be the same and you have to have parody in your in your name and um you can't impersonate a person which Mm -hmm. is different than a parody um Impersonation implies that you're trying to be them and fool people into them being believing that you're them and I clearly wasn't doing that. So the only communication I ever got from Twitter, not a warning, not a fix this, nothing like that, not a timeout. I just got an email saying uh, you're, well, I didn't even get an email. I just got suspended and I filed an appeal and the response to the appeal is that you were deemed an impersonation and your account won't be.
1: <laughs> Which it. is, it's just unbelievable. Cause your, your, your username was Peter douche. I mean, it says right in your description that you were a parody account.
0: Right. And I mean, I even, I, I was even concerned about it. So I went above and beyond the guidelines mm-hmm. and added ridiculous cartoon donuts behind my, <laughs> my <laughs> emoji yeah. And that I don't know if you know that, but that's a reference to the yeah. um, the donut
1: Twitter, which is this is the weird left we're getting into. I will It's that's, that's super, yeah, yeah. No, I, that that whole donut thing is is insane. <laughs> that <right. laughs> people that people think that that was you know somehow Nina Turner complaining about getting donuts and not complaining about being locked out of the building and you know trying to be placated with donuts when she just wanted to speak with people and deliver a petition.
0: Exactly, and. Then, <laughs> once again, the hypocrisy is totally missed on center Twitter that we centrist, I shouldn't just call them center Twitter, but that for a year, they, they say everything is sexism and racism. And then the minute they have an opportunity, they label a black progressive leader, they use the chocolate donut emoji to mm-hmm. represent her. And there's no, there's no self-awareness that, you know, if anyone did that on the, on the far left. It would be the most oh God, sexist thing on earth.
1: Yeah, no, of course. Joanne Reed would be tweeting about it. But this, this is also a group of people that you know <laughs> their their leader is somebody who called black people super predators, and you know, on and on. So, right. The the, the cognitive dissonance there is not something that's uh, hard to miss. But so yeah, uh, what? And they gave so and they gave you, of course, no avenue for uh, appeal on that. The interesting thing though was uh the kind of amazing grassroots support that built up after your your uh permanent banning i mean did you obviously had a, a good number of followers uh but did you expect that kind of response when when your account was banned that that it would become this almost like this hashtag movement among the progressive left on twitter
0: right no i mean it, it was absolutely surreal i mean the uh there's a started right away uh, by a kid in high school who I'd never spoken with hmm. uh, Tyler tricky and kudos to him I appreciate it that was very nice and uh, the free Peter douche hashtag was floating around and still is
1: free the douche I yeah
0: I mean it's I mean it, it's really ridiculous I mean to think that I started this silly parody account and you know it, it just shows how absurd they are that there there isn't enough there aren't enough voices out there calling out their absurdity I mean there are a lot of voices don't get me wrong but it, it just hasn't penetrated mainstream mm-hmm. and that's I think that's why people have taken to Peter douche and you know the satire format
1: yeah no it, it definitely um you know and it just really brings up a, a, a broader question about and I and, and you know, you know, when you were on Jimmy Dore's show, he he talked to you a little bit about this, but it's a scary notion that that a couple of Silicon Valley, you know, billionaires are going to get to decide uh, not only who gets free speech, but how it's uh, enforced. Because I mean, you know, right. we saw we saw yesterday with President Trump tweeting out the uh, the hoax. Uh, you know, Islamophobic videos. And then Twitter's like, oh, well, what can we do? I mean, it violates our terms of service, but what can we do?
0: Yeah, it's important for you to see his violations of the terms of service. (laughs) Right. I mean, you know, when I think about Twitter, it it really is the public forum. And there's just no way to, you could say it's a private company, but, you know, where is our public forum to, to get our ideas out and discuss these things? And they they have too much power in Silicon Valley to regulate this limited forum.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and you look at someone like Zuckerberg with Facebook. I mean, there's all this rumblings about the, how the Democrats want him to run in 2020. I, nobody's asking, like, w- what are the implications of somebody running for president who's the creator and CEO of literally the largest social media network in the world who can control what, you know— almost everyone in the country sees on a daily basis. Yeah. It's not going to be good. No, no. It's, it's, it's like psychotic. Um, it, you know, it's, and it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm sure, I'm sure you saw, I think it was a couple months ago. They had this big, uh, dog and pony show in the Senate where they wanted to, to, they were, they brought all the, uh, the social media guys in about the Russia thing, about the Russian Facebook ads and Twitter ads. Well,
0: yeah. right. And,
1: and you have people like Diane Feinstein who's, you know, pushing 90 up there talking about how the effect of uh, the these, you know, $100,000 or $50,000 that ended up being worth of Twitter ads and how it affected and swung the election and how if they don't do something about it, we will. Like, it, we have between these billionaire, uh, you know, Silicon Valley types and these ancient politicians – nobody who's actually regulating these things or or policing these things really have any idea about how it affects real people. I think, I think you're like a good example of that.
0: Right. And I mean, meanwhile, you know, you got, you got Twitter and Facebook coming out. Well, Twitter specifically and saying that they did suppress certain hashtags and certain movements Mm -hmm. during the primaries. So, you know, the, uh, like the DNC leaks hashtag, something like one mm-hmm. out of three of those tweets was hidden from people? I heard it
1: was actually up to 50% at one point, that you, that hashtag.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, do you think that has more of an impact than $100,000 worth of advertising?
1: <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. I mean,
0: it seems like that's something <laughs> the that Democrats should look into if they're concerned about fairness. And, you know, I mean, it's yeah. just constant hypocrisy.
1: Yeah, no, it really is. And it, it, it's worrisome. Um, you know, speaking of, of WikiLeaks and everything though, did I don't know if you saw Julian Assange actually tweeted out, (laughs) how, how how insane was that for you? I mean,
0: it, it it saddens me actually.
1: I
3: mean,
0: that's what our world has come to that just Julian Assange is tweeting about my stupid parody account. (laughs) I mean, I I love that he did it and I, you know, I appreciate what he stands for and, and all that. But I mean, it's it's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah. No, it's. It is. <laughs> he had a he had a funny tweet about it too. He's like, "Thank you so much, Twitter, for saving us from the, from this dangerous satire or something like that."
0: Right. I think he got that from Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I I appreciate it. I mean, look, it really is. I mean, I I'm gonna fight my personal fight about Peter Douche, but it, it's not really even about Peter Douche. It's it's censorship, and it's. You know, I only took to Twitter. I think Twitter's ridiculous from the start. I'm, I'm not a big Twitter fan. But, <laughs> it's ironic, but you know, you see what a powerful medium it is. And mm-hmm. I, I jumped in to get off of Facebook and spare my relatives all the abuse during the primaries, <laughs> and uh, found myself trapped there basically. And I do enjoy the forum now, but yeah, it's it's ridiculous that a president is on there tweeting every day. And, yeah, of course. I mean. I mean- that stuff
1: together. I mean, I think it's also just good for our sanity, you know, like as progressives, I, I think a lot of times we get uh, such a non so we, we get a perspective from the like mainstream media that we just know to not be uh, what's actually happening. So for us to have a place like Twitter where we can go and talk right. with like minded people and connect with like journalists that we that we respect and things like that. I think it's it's good for our sanity and our political uh, well being that we have a thing like that,
0: right? Well, absolutely. I mean, if we were just if we were watching MSNBC and CNN, thinking we're Democrats, well, we'd be buying into all the the crap they're selling us. Yeah. I mean, at some point, you you know, you need to find other venues for different opinions. I mean, the DNC would have us all convinced that everything is fine,
1: and it's not. <laughs> Yeah. No, absolutely. So uh, as far as Peter Dow goes, w- what do you think his malfunction Like what do you think he gets out of uh, Do you think it's a genuine just kind of cultish devotion he has to Hillary or do you think he's still getting paid or uh, like
0: I, I Yeah, I to me it's paid work. I mean, he I think he he might buy into the the greater cause of her as a champion of ideas or something, but Mhm you got to look at him and he worked for David Brock. Yeah. And you don't go from working for David Brock to being an altruist or doing something out of your own personal. I I don't know. I just find it hard to believe that he believes half the nonsense he says.
1: Yeah. It's a little hard to believe that he could. I mean, I I do remember reading somewhere that like uh, before he he moved here, he was like in like a Lebanese death squad or something. So Right, you for, can get sued for even saying that. Yeah. He's, he's allegedly, litigious. allegedly. Right, he's very <laughs> litigious. Yes, yes. Has he tried? Has he actually tried to sue you for for parodying him yet, or or threatened to, or anything like that?
0: No, but there's a whole story I could get into, but I don't know. Uh, he, when he first came, uh, became aware of me. One of his followers had tweeted some really anti-Semitic crap, and uh-huh. and uh, she was another blue-checked. You know, verified account, uh-huh. and I called her out on it, and then she she got a lot of backlash for it. Deleted the tweet, basically claimed that I doctored the tweet, which I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> Took a screenshot, you know, <laughs> but she knew the, the implications of being called out on her her comments.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so she brought it to Peter Dow's attention, and then he sent all those followers over to have me banned. Wow. Which never happened because Twitter obviously is gonna go look at you know the history of something like that, see that she made the tweet, <laughs> so that anyway, so she was threatening lawsuits left,
1: oh way. God, these people are just ridiculous well- and you know you you mentioned that like people try to get you banned i i with all these new rules that they're putting into place that we've seen I've seen at least a lot of left Twitter accounts get ganged up on by a bunch of fucking Nazis and actually suspended or limited or because of right. this algorithm, it's like not even pure, it's not even human reviewed anymore. It seems like.
0: I don't think it is. I mean, I think it's, you know, even, I mean, even among my chat groups, I, I hear people saying, let's all go get that person, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, this, and these are allies of mine, but it, it's just, it's becoming this, ridiculous
1: dangerous precedent that was yeah it's
0: it's it's out of control really i I don't know i mean i I think we all need to lighten up and realize you can mute and block people like we did when twitter first started
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i for sure um yeah i mean and you know what you were mentioning earlier is actually interesting too about how you know it is you know it's a private company but it is almost a, a public service at this point that we have access to it because we are so cut off and, you know, like, well, the, with all the net neutrality stuff going on, there's the whole debate about the internet and how, insure, you know, ISPs can think that they can, you know, basically regulate what sites we go to and all this stuff. Right. Um, but of course there's the case to be made that, you know, we literally paid for the development of the internet. Uh, it was, you know, a military uh, project. So we should have access to it uh, or at the very least there should be a government a municipal run internet. So I mean, that could, that would extend to a lot of other things on, on the internet too, like social media and things like that. But, um,
0: I mean, it's a utility. You know, yeah, there's, no, there's it, it, it is. Around
1: that. Yeah. It's, yeah. <sighs> well, um, is, uh, so what, uh, what are you working on now? I, I, you did mention that on Jimmy's show that you were working on a book.
0: Right. Um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to finish it. I'm actually trying to pass grad school right now, so that's it's it's coming right up against that the book versus grad school. <laughs> but um, I'm working on a, a book called An Inconvenient Douche, which basically uh, <laughs> it uh, it's not really chronicling the election per se. It's just my thoughts on all the parts of the party and you know what's going on with the media and, and things like that.
1: Is it is it going to be from Peter Douche's perspective, or is it just you uh, writing it?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's 100% Peter Douche. It's, uh, what can I say about it? Let's see. Well, it's not a collection of tweets. It has nothing to do with Twitter. I don't want to produce some copy and paste kind of thing. So
1: yeah, Just you it's, writing in character as Peter Douche, basically.
0: It's just a longer format that hopefully somebody can pick it up and just immediately recognize how bad the DNC is and what needs to be changed and the absurdity of it all.
1: That's cool man. Yeah, well, you know, let, let me know when it comes out. We'll promote it on the show and all that stuff. Um, I appreciate
0: it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Do you, do you find that you get to uh when you, when you're writing as P, as Peter for too long, do you have to like step away? Do, do, yeah. do you find
0: <laughs> Yeah, you, some days I just, you know, I get too much of myself too. <laughs> it's like somebody once said I was I was born to play Peter Peter Dow's parody account. And that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, that just made my life pretty meaningless.
4: Let's
0: <laughs> be honest here.
1: But, well, but you know, I, th- I think you are doing a service, though, because through satire, you are exposing hypocrisy, which is what comedy is supposed to be for. Uh, you know, <laughs> like, like Jimmy mentioned on his show, comedy is not supposed to protect the establishment, supposed to take on and ridicule the establishment, no matter who's in control. Uh, right and a, really,
0: I mean, it's the first thing that you should watch out for if they start banning parody accounts. I mean, yeah. if you're not allowed to mock the establishment; you're in some real problem, you know, trouble. I mean, it's,
1: well, because the next thing to go is just any kind of dissenting accounts, like any kind of progressive accounts that that question the establishment or question any kind of authority is going to be the next thing to go.
0: Right, and we've got lots of examples of that happening now, and you know when when Twitter puts in arbitrary rules that they don't really enforce most of the time and just picks a few people to enforce it, you know, a, a few dissenting views, it's an easy way for them to, to censor without actually you know, having a policy that says we censor.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So where can people find you? Uh, you, you? You have your alternate Twitter now, which you're using as your, as your main Twitter, right?
0: Right. So I'm, I'm uh, tweeting under, I had a main account with, About twenty thousand followers called uh, it's silly rabbit. It used to be called Pat the Burner, but it's at s i l e r a b b i t, and uh, I just converted that over to Peter Peter Douches Liaison, and uh, just kind of played on the whole idea of Assange being stuck in the embassy embassy suites in uh, Ecuador. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'm just going to tweet there, and I'm. I'm going to start writing on medium. I keep trying to find some time to do that and get some of my longer format writing out in character and, uh, working on the book.
1: Cool. Cool, man. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. You know, we we would definitely love to have you back on in the future to promote the book or any, anything you have going, any kind of projects.
0: Uh, That's great. I love you guys. Uh, it's good to be on the show. I appreciate it, Anthony.
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. All right okay, so we are back. i uh, hope you enjoyed our interview with peter douche he's uh tweeting from at uh, silly rabbit s i l e r a b b i t that's his that was his alternate account so he's using that as uh peter douche's liaison <laughs> he's <laughs> tweeting from the embassy suite so
2: until he's uh <laughs> <yeah>. silenced again
1: <laughs> and he's writing a book which is interesting we we talked a lot about uh that at the end um how he's going to write. He's writing a book from Peter Douche's perspective. So.
2: <laughs> That's going to be beautiful. That would yeah, actually yeah. pay for that.
1: No, me too. <laughs> so I told him we'd come back on when it's finished and promote it and whatnot. Um, so uh, I guess let's just get right into it. Um, we had the tax vote um, last <laughs> night on Friday uh, in the dead of fucking night mm-hmm. uh, up until 2 a.m. because they are literally ashamed to debate this bill in, in public. It, it, it's. It's. I don't think I've ever. Se-
2: Five hundred pages. Five hundred pages. And as Elizabeth Warren and some others did videos about. I mean. Notes in the margins on yeah, the, the marginalia copy on
1: it, like what the
2: fuck? that was sent out in in illegible print, and and apparently, I mean, a lot of this was written by K Street, a lot of the amendments in particular. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, so you know, anybody that thinks that our legislators actually write legislation anymore, no, this is all done by lobbyists. Um, for the most part, they get things handed over to them, and they just follow orders from their overlords. It, I.
1: I, I I can't even believe that that's legal. That you can literally write in, like in handwriting in the margins of a typed bill, <laughs> like, then that's fucking legal. Like, what the fuck?
2: <laughs> They'd make a law about it, but you
1: know. <laughs> well, I understand that, like, when laws were first made, everything they need was a lobbyist hand-
2: to write it. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure, like when laws were first r- made, everything was handwritten, so there was no need for a law for that. But you think maybe. You'd say, like, just in general, so people can't scribble in the fucking margins of a bill, like, well, after it's passed, be like, oh, yeah, that was in there that, the whole time.
2: Even beyond that, these zero-hour changes oh, and then expecting so someone within an hour to go and vote on 500-piece pages of legislation that is going to affect, you know, what is it, a sixth or a third of the economy, I mean –
1: well, no, I mean, in this case, it's like 100% of the economy. Well,
2: actually, I, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying about the health care yeah. bill, yeah,
1: was, was a third. But no, this is, uh, this is 100% of the economy. And this is. Uh, and not just
2: our economy, the global economy. Yeah.
1: And, and all these nonpartisan organizations determined that this, this bill could raise the deficit, will raise the deficit, even factoring in economic growth over a trillion fucking dollars. So. I don't ever again <laughs> want to hear the phrase How are you going to pay for that For any fucking thing we propose If I say we're going to give a fucking Lamborghini To every man, woman, and child in America <laughs> I do not want to hear the phrase How are you going to pay for that How are you pay for that <laughs> Because the Republicans don't give a fuck And they've never given a fuck And I don't no. know why, what it's going to take for the Democrats To realize that that's all bullshit And they're not really deficit hawks And that you need to play hardball with them And say you're full of shit You don't have any intention of paying for for your tax cuts why should i have to explain to you how i'm going to pay for my um expansion of social programs that actually help people that fucking need help well and that than- might
2: be the only bright side from this it's kind of like you know the the roy moore situation you know is a plus because now if if he does get elected then forever after you can be like y'all elected a pedophile, so don't talk to us, they you know. But
1: they've done shit like this in the past. They have no shame. They have they have the shortest memory span of uh, that's like I think that's the Republicans' biggest trick in their arsenal is that <laughs> they have an, a, like a, a one week attention span. No, like, not even
2: Ted Cruz. Or, did you see him talking out of both sides of his mouth about this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, oh, about the Roy Moore and, yeah, and Al Franken.
2: <laughs> it was like you could see the wheels were turning, you know, in his brain where he's knowing that he's being a hundred percent hypocritical. Critical at the moment that he's talking about it, it's like Roy Moore. You know, do you have any, any problem working with him or him being? No, you know what? No, what? None whatsoever. Let's, well, this is the, the voice of the voters, voters decide to. <laughs> I would never interfere with that. Okay, well, how about? <laughs>
1: <laughs> then what about Al Franken? Oh well, you know what Al Franken did was really disgraceful. It's completely needs-
5: different story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that seriously, I saw that and I was like, this has to be an SNL skit. Like this cannot be real <laughs> fucking life. What the fuck happened?
5: The (laughs)
2: cognitive dissonance in that dude. Like, I don't even know how.
1: Which is shameless. He's so shameless. Like, we saw that in the tax debate with Bernie where he would just fucking lie. Bernie even called him out. He's like, this is why politics stinks. Because you admitted (laughs) the second half of my sentence where I said that, yeah, I'm going to raise taxes on the middle class. But I'm going to give everyone health care. And you don't (laughs) have to pay your insurance. But Ted Cruz, of course, talks about the first part and cuts the second part. He's just a fucking
2: well, and I don't know. I mean, is America really? that's i know i say people don't read and you know and americans are dumb but are they really so stupid that every time that that ted says that bernie's a socialist they just go oh yeah oh he's a socialist oh socialism like really i mean it might be working on some of the older folks but millennials they're not scared of that term
1: (laughs) (laughs) we fucking bring the fucking socialism on because we've seen what what free market capitalism does unregulated and we're ready for some fucking socialism Speaking of which, I, did you catch Richard Wolff's interview with Jimmy Dore this week? It was actually really good. No,
2: I didn't.
1: He talked a lot about worker co-ops because, I, you know, Max, our, one of our co-hosts, is <laughs> no. like Mr. Worker Co-op. But I, after hearing Richard Wolff explain it, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, I understand why Max is so into it because... Oh, my he, God. I had
2: like an hour-long conversation with him earlier this week about him again. <laughs> <laughs> I love him, but... <laughs> <laughs>
1: But no, no it honestly, really a good idea. Yeah. It, it, it's really a huge. It would be a huge solution, and a lot of countries in Europe and a lot of places in Europe have a good percentage of their uh, businesses are worker co-ops, and they're just way better off economically, uh, general happiness level. Yeah. But but that's a sidetrack. But so there's a lot of stuff to unpack with this tax bill. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they, yeah, of course they fucking you know wrote it. Literally up until like an hour before they started voting on the amendments. Not, I didn't even think it was that long.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, and they just wore everyone down. They kept them in the fucking Senate for like ten hours, just going through these bullshit amendments. Not a single Democratic amendment. I, I as far as I remember, I watched most of this thing. Yeah. I didn't see a fucking single Democratic amendment pass. Oh, you know, there was one that was something about, uh, making sure like certain funding doesn't go to certain schools over others. There was like one little bullshit amendment that passed. (laughs) Like, Um, all right,
2: we're going to let one through just to,
1: you know. I I really think it was. Uh, (laughs) uh, Schumer put forth an amendment to say, let's vote on this on Monday so we can actually read the bill that's going to affect a hundred percent of the fucking American people. Like, Um, hell
2: no, we're not doing
1: that. (laughs) Yeah, no, of course that failed. Um, the... Amendment that Bernie proposed, which was great Because the, uh, the Republicans Swear up and down that they're not Going to touch Social Security and Medicare um, They never say that about Medicaid Obviously, because they fucking hate Medicaid But yeah. um, but they said they wouldn't touch Social Security and Medicare, so Bernie's like, alright, great So I'm going to make an amendment that says you cannot use This bill to justify cutting Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid And not only did that fail Three Democrats fucking <laughs> Voted against it uh, Tom Carper uh, Dick Durbin uh, and Mark Warner. So, and fucking Susan Collins voted for it. So Susan Collins is to the left of these three fucking chuckleheads on, on, on the Social Security. <laughs> yeah. No, well, she also fucking, bet- you know, b- betrayed yeah. the American people on the vote that counts, which was the actual tax bill. Right. Um. So, yeah, th- th- I mean... <laughs> Oh, also they wheeled fucking John McCain in off of his deathbed to vote against (laughs) to fucking so again and
2: and McCain, uh, so he he would vote against the healthcare shit that they were trying to do, uh but they're doing this you know a lot of the same shit with this and worse, and he's like oh yeah (laughs) this this one's a winner I'm gonna do it. it,
1: It's almost like he voted against the healthcare bill to settle a grudge, not because he actually gives a fuck about people. (laughs) You
2: know, it was a momentary lapse kind of reasoning. kind of
1: like what I was saying, uh, you know, when that when that first happened and everyone in the media was saying, oh, moderate maverick hero, John McCain <laughs> and Jeff Flake and all these fucking people. and, well, and Flake, Lisa Murkowski. Is another one.
2: Flake is another one. That yeah. dude is not even fucking running. Next you're you're time. fucking
1: going. And what are you doing? Why are you still fucking? Yeah,
2: they're voting for tax cuts for themselves. Plain like, well, yeah, no, that's There's, what it is. There's no other way to argue it or look at it. You cannot. I mean, the Intercept did a piece talking about how the economists that allegedly were in favor of this tax plan are like, you know, ghosts and gnomes and like, I mean, they looked people <laughs> up. They're like retirees, people, yeah, mostly, you
1: know. A lot of them I, were not economists. Yeah, yeah,
2: and and, you know, like maybe a tax accountant for some place and somebody that they can't even they're not even really sure exists. And it's just like. That's how bad it is. I mean, even the overwhelming majority of conservative economists are like, no, this is, this is shit. Don't do it.
1: I just imagine like like Rachel Maddow or Chris Hayes like holding out their hand, like asking for their pink pussy hat back from like Lisa Murkowski <laughs> and Susan Collins, tear running down their face.
2: We're going to need this back. <laughs>
1: But that's, look, I, I don't, I, I'm not, a, like, and I'm not a nihilist, and I'm not trying to be an asshole or a purist. These people are not our fucking allies. Like, this, I don't know how many ways we have to say it. These people are not our fucking allies. They serve their fucking donors, and they serve the rich. That's who elected them. That's all they know. That's why when they occasionally vote to not fucking do something monstrous, I don't praise them. I say, oh, good. They decide to not be a fucking <laughs> asshole for once. Like, you know, all these people saying like John McCain and Jeff Flake and all these people, uh, they, they're fucking monsters. Like they, they serve these these fucking oligarch monsters who have no concern for fucking human beings. And it's like you wonder why a lot of people on the really progressive left, like, you know, are skeptical and talk shit when they when they actually do the good things. It's like we know who they are. And that's another reason also why a lot of the corporate democrats who are trying to run in 2020 and all of a sudden come out in support of medicare for all and all these things. That's why we side eye them and be like, yeah, we'll 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 fucking believe it when we see it. We're right. still not going to vote for you because we know who they are at their core. People don't you know, when you get into office on a corrupt wave of corporate cash, you at your in your heart you're not going to change like you, <laughs> That's just who you are as a politician. That's why you were selected. Like, those people aren't good people who uh, got corrupted by corporate cash. They were chosen because they were corruptible, uh, loose <laughs> enough. Yeah, their morals were loose enough that they were willing to sell out a little bit of their belief system, or their belief system was a little bit right leaning anyway. Like, right. is that
2: right?
1: <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean. It was just fucking disaster after disaster watching that, that whole process. I mean, I, there was another page of the bill where they just put like a slash through it, but it wasn't even like an X. It was just like one line down the middle. One of the, <laughs> the stairs was like, is this even like, is this stricken? <laughs> like, what is this? Like, what? Did somebody accidentally accident? fall asleep with a pen like on the page? Like, I don't <laughs> understand. I don't know how any of this is legal, but, you know... <laughs> So, you know, Mitch McConnell, that 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 fucking sniveling <laughs> chinless piece of garbage, he knew that any time that once people got a chance to read this, but we don't even know what's in this bill. Like yeah. this bill, we we knew already what horrible shit they were trying to put into these bills. Um there was like language that redefined personhood so that they can point to that uh, it, when they attempt Life to is that get...
2: conception. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When it, and it was just totally unrelated to anything, but they, but they can use it as precedent when they try to get rid of Roe v. Wade. Which well, you is know, wouldn't just... it be
2: beautiful if like they, they get this passed and then like somebody gives it a constitutional challenge, you know, somehow related yeah. to Roe v. Wade and gets the whole law overturned
1: because of some shit they put in there to try <laughs> to change abortion law. That would be amazing. I don't know. I don't know what the if that's something that I don't know so, what
2: the angle would be exactly, but that would be nice.
1: I mean, there's there's so many <laughs> yeah, so many <laughs> ways you can attack this this piece of garbage. I mean, I, I don't think it's it's hyperbole hyperbole to say this is the single most devastating piece of financial legislation to ever be passed by the U.S. Congress. Well, and
2: here's the thing: we are already. Heading to a recession, I mean, according to a lot of economists <laughs> like the, the unprecedented you know stock market numbers that we 've seen that only precedes one thing recession. this is going to make it a million times worse
1: yeah, I mean, you know i i 've been doing a lot of reading about all the recessions we 've had in the past because um they all follow the same cycle massive wall street deregulation followed by massive soaring profits on wall street speculation oh, yeah <laughs> speculation fucking inside but you know not insider but like bullshit you know deals trading yeah. on securities and things like that and a massive crash that destroys the economy and you know the roaring 20s were called the roaring 20s because the stock market was surging and what happened right after the Roaring Twenties? The <laughs> mm. fucking worst economic depression in the history of the country. Yeah. The Great Depression. So I I worry that we're heading for something even worse than that, uh, honestly. Because, uh, it, yeah, I mean, this, you know, we were, as you said, we were heading for a recession. This bill just put in on steroids. And it's just...
2: <sighs> well, and I think that inequality... Is worse. It's so much worse now than it had yeah, been for it's worse previous than it has recessions. Been since 1800s. Yeah. So I, I do think that, you know, actual full on depression is possible, although they won't call it that, right? Because, you know, apparently you're only allowed to use that word once and, and that's it.
1: <laughs> well, they'll, what they'll do is try to make it seem like it's not as bad and they'll try to make us comfortable enough so we don't literally fucking kill them. But I. I... <laughs> Look, but, but they, they between, can't do this anymore. Like I it, they pass another bill like this, people are literally going to burn the fucking capital down and I'm not going to be upset at all when they do because
2: Yeah, well, I mean between what's happening with people's wages, between what, you know, what they're doing with health care, all, all of these things combined, just it's a, it's a perfect storm when you add that to, you know, what's going to happen with the stock market and and the entire, you know, global economy. So yeah, I don't know. Put some money under your mattress or gold or something. Money yeah. not, may not even have a value after yeah. this.
1: I mean, this is just so fucking unconscionable. And the thing that makes me nuts, and then I, there's a lot of people online, uh, mostly of the of the kind of centrist Twitter variety, who are saying like, "Oh, well, what? You know, every Democrat voted against it. Isn't that enough? That's not the fucking point." No, it's yeah. it's it's the it's their whole attitude and their message. They haven't had a good fucking economic message to counter these monsters, in it, fucking years since the eighties. I mean, we you know Ralph Nader said uh, something that I, I think about all the time, and it's so true. It's like how bad are the Democrats that they couldn't protect us from literally the worst, most incompetent Republican that's ever been. Put up, put forth for the (laughs) office of president, and and that's how incompetent they are that they can't protect us from that fucking maniac. That's how fucking incompetent they are, and it's true. I mean, you have Joe Manchin and Claire McCaskill going out there the other day saying that they want to vote for this bill. They just want them to come to the table. It's all about bipartisanship. People don't give a fuck about bipartisanship. They just don't want to get fucked over which well, is all this bill does. It's and that's what I don't get life.
2: is, you know, the, the stalwart Trump supporters that somehow continue to believe that he's like a secret populist or, you know, he's really there for the people. When you see this legislation and you know that this is what they have at work, like how can you still sit there and think that he gives a fuck about you?
1: I, I got to tell you though, I don't think they know. Like I <laughs> I, I, I was talking to to someone Uh, That watches Fox News all day. And he didn't even know like that this bill would raise taxes for people because they're just giving them the Republican talking points, which are extremely cherry picked and misleading. Right. You know, about how, oh, it actually lowers the percent, like, uh, Ted Cruz well, that's pulled that's bullshit.
2: Both sides are guilty of that, right? Of course, so yeah. both sides are guilty of, you know, selectively choosing what they say. Like, yes, it will, you know, raise taxes on certain people, but not until, you know, I don't know, 2027 or something. Or, you know, or then they don't talk about, you know, a specific bracket that it has to do with. Or, yeah, I mean, statistics are lies. And this is why people don't believe the fucking news anymore is because you can say, you know— take one thing and make it sound really good when the reality is much worse.
1: Well, like Ted Cruz pulled out, you know, Ted Cruz loves his charts. Um, (laughs) He pulled out a chart being like, well, look, you know, the, the, anyone making under $75,000 a year previously was paying 22 point, you know, I'm just making this number up, but like 22.5% of, the annual tax revenue. Well, now they're going to be paying 21.5, like percentages, not numbers, not right. actual. And he's like, well, the only bracket that's going to go up on slightly is people making a hundred thousand a year, uh, or more. And he, you know, obviously nobody above that. So, but he didn't factor in all the deductions that he, that they're giving in the bill, which exclusively can be taken advantage of by the wealthy things right. like the estate tax thing. Like
4: right. there's just,
1: they're so full of shit. It, 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 and it's like, the Democrats have not had a fucking populist economic message since the 80s, and it's like, why would people believe them when they're saying things like, well, we want to vote for this bill, we just want them to work with us. Like, Joe Manchin's like, look, I want to lower it. He said this on the fucking Senate floor last night. I, I, I was watching this, this, this motherfucker. He was like, look, I want to lower the corporate tax rate, too. I just think we're lowering it a little too much. Why don't, you know, corporations would be fine if we lowered it to 20%. Instead of twenty, instead of <laughs> instead of the fifteen or whatever it is in this, you
2: know, corporations—they really aren't getting a fair shake in this country. We really yeah, need mean, to ease their burden a little bit. We- they're they're struggling, <laughs> Anthony. They're struggling.
1: But it's like th- this is why you lose. I mean, you have Republican light is 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 most of the fucking Democrats in the Senate and a lot of the and Democrats the illusion in the of House. Choice, yeah, illusion yeah. of choice. And it, and it it just makes me crazy. And it, I don't know if you saw this. The Senate Democrats last night during this bill tweeted out a fucking Reagan quote. And we're like, well, the Republicans used to care about bipartisanship. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> the Republicans just fucking force fed you the worst economic bill that's ever been passed in the fucking United States Congress, I, I, I dare say. And you're talking about fucking bipartisanship? Fuck off. Yeah. You should be making them choke on this fucking bill. But I, mean, I just—they're so stupid. They're well, so, they're so
2: out of touch too. That the, the fact that they still think that this—you know—reach across the aisle messaging is what people care about. You know what they care about? They care about the fact that they're working longer and longer hours for less and less. That they're struggling. That they don't have health care. That their—you know—lives are falling apart. They don't give a fuck about reaching across no, the aisle.
1: I, I, <laughs> But you know what? They—it's not even that they don't know this. They don't give a shit because this is just their part of the charade. This well, is their that. act.
2: You know what they called their their little protest against this GOP thing? They called it the People's Protest. <laughs> and and it just occurred to me. I'm like, oh my god, they're they're taking on the language of populism like Trump without actually going for <laughs> real populist policy. Oh my god, like they've done it and. Sure enough.
1: (laughs) Well, a better deal kind of sounds like a new deal. (laughs) It has nothing in it, but you know, (laughs) better pay, better pay, better wages, (laughs) lower hours, (laughs) whatever the fuck. Nancy Pelosi read off of a Chinese food menu. Um. So yeah, this is a disaster. Now it hasn't fully passed yet. It's supposed to go back to uh, the House for uh reconciliation or I forget what they call it but they basically have to come to consensus on one bill because they both passed separate bills um that were similar
2: and they just, you know, they shouldn't even be able to to make certain changes the way that they're doing this through through reconciliation anyway. I mean, I don't think they should be able to. It's sort of like you need like one bill, you know, one item, one bill or it's, it's, something. It's them
1: cheating as usual. Yeah, you, you're supposed to require sixty votes for any kind of a, a any kind of bill like this that affects taxes or affects the economy, but they're trying to slam it through reconciliation using their fucking. The only plus is that
2: they can only do that once. So we've got until next year.
1: (laughs) Yes and no. I mean, (laughs) yeah.
2: They've jammed everything they wanted into they, it They anyway, don't give so. a fuck
1: about the rules, which is what the Democrats just never learn or, you know, that are, are okay with, I guess, is that yeah. the Republicans, the Democrats always try to be like, I mean, they even said it a fucking couple of years ago when when McConnell got rid of the, or this year, maybe it was this year. God, this year has been so long. <laughs> <laughs> this has felt like 10 so years. Long as 10 years. I think yeah. it, it, it had to have been this year because it was when Trump was president, but it feels like it was five years ago. Um, well, um, The filibuster? When McConnell got rid of the filibuster, I think they asked, like, Tim Kaine or one of the other shitty Democrats or maybe Schumer, and they were like, well, what would you do when you take back control of the Senate? And they're like, oh, we would reinstate the filibuster. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? They fucking cheat to ram all of their shit through, and you are going to make it harder for yourself (laughs) to fucking get legislation through when you know they're obstructionist bitches every time you try to fucking pass anything. This is why we're on the verge of fucking annihilation It is because these people are just utterly incompetent on purpose and they're going to get us all fucking killed. And I I just. Well, I don't know
2: when the torches and the pitchforks and everything come for them. I hope that they understand that we tried to warn them. That's all I can say.
1: Oh, they're 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 getting lined up for the guillotine right behind the fucking McConnell's of the world. And yeah. the Klubeck's, we, we gotta get Klubeck his, his spot at, front, at the front, but <laughs> god, um yeah, so, I mean, it's just really <laughs> that was a rough that was a rough night, uh, watching that, that shit unfold, but we, we have a couple more and of now those. what,
2: like, 13, 17 million people are gonna lose healthcare? yay.
1: Yeah, no, because it's gonna get rid of the individual mandate, and all the premiums are gonna go up, and it, it's just <sighs>
2: I looked up one of my prescriptions today on what it would be like without insurance. It's like two thousand dollars for one one prescription. One. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. I.
2: I mean.
4: (laughs) I believe
1: it. (laughs) I see it all day. I believe it. It, It's just something's got to give in this fucking country, and the fucking elites just have no idea that they're literally driving us closer and closer to a violent overthrow. I mean, like to violent revolution. You know uh, that that. That great quote, uh, I think it was a JFK quote, where it's like, he who makes peaceful revolution impossible makes violent revolution inevitable. And it's like, what do you think is going to fucking happen when you keep widening the gap of inequality and you keep giving these bills that are fucking tax breaks to the rich and hurt the middle class and taking away our health care and raising the cost of things while our wages stagnate? People are going to all be homeless Uh or they're Uh going to rise up and fucking kill the maniacs who are who are trying to do this to them and you know it's it's just gonna be chaos like i don't know what needs to happen to get it through their fucking heads that they've gone too far and they need to course correct if they want to keep their fucking gravy train going like that 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 that's all we're asking we're not saying like everyone i i mean we're we're close to saying (laughs) give us all your fucking money you pieces of garbage (laughs) but we're not there yet Right, right. So if they want to keep any of their money, uh, they really need to fucking course correct and make sure that we actually can survive and and thrive, you know, as a society.
2: I'd even take survive. I don't even need thrive right now. Like there's – I mean, you know, when people die because they don't have health care or, you know, insurance or whatever, that's just surviving. That's not even the thriving bit.
1: Yeah. No, really. Christ. Well (sighs) – so I guess we'll we'll give an update on that when when we see what happens with that but I I'm not super uh confident that that's not going to fly right through the house.
2: Yeah, I don't envision coming back with the good news.
1: Yeah, no, no. I I don't imagine we're going to be we're going to be saved by the House Republicans. Oh my gosh. Start well, investigating
2: other countries.
1: Yeah, seriously. I mean, shit. They have a lot of worker co-ops in Italy. I I've Italian heritage. Maybe I can get like some kind of a, <laughs> find some long lost relative there and like go live with them there you oh, go shit. <sighs> so uh we should also touch on uh i should say touch on we should also <laughs> discuss the uh sexual assault roundup.
2: it is not funny <laughs> anthony <laughs> you know what though honestly i mean it, it isn't, but you have to laugh sometimes because no, it's, it's so like monstrous.
1: monstrously
2: preposterous. Some of these stories and the here is another pun mounting allegations. I mean, it just <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: it's too much.
1: Oh my god! Um, so yeah, we we have uh, there our, there were a couple this week. There was our buddy Matt Lauer.
2: Matt Lauer. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Matt Lauer, who's just look. I, I don't know what it is about him. I've never liked him. <laughs>
2: Me. Either. I've always
1: thought he's a disingenuous piece of shit every time I've seen him on my TV.
2: I never understood why they stuck with him for so long. He's not likable. I mean, maybe it's just that he's so vanilla that like
1: he's just the definition of white male mediocrity. Like yeah. everything about him is mediocre and it's amazing. I, I didn't even know how much he made until this whole thing happened. He makes like $28 million a year.
2: It's <laughs> so obnoxious. You know, and the thing is, I looked up, I was looking up something before the podcast about him. His wife, so, you know, all the allegations you can talk about, but he was married to someone who was, like, a Victoria's Secret model. I mean, this woman is gorgeous. He had no reason to be going around like he was. It, it, you know, she's
1: beautiful. It's, it's all about power for these guys though. They it's not even, like, a lot of these guys have, like, beautiful wives, like, super model wives. It's just, they they are just so fucking monstrous with their, with the way they wield their power that it's like they don't care. They just, you know, they think that they, they they are owed or they are entitled to just whatever fucking woman they want like well and even they... after
2: he was let go and i was surprised because it, it happened really quickly it was just like you know there wasn't discussion of allegations it was just like no he's been fired he's out and yeah. so you know at that point like it's not just one story there's multiple
1: yeah they had an investigation
2: you knew that there a very was
1: hushed investiga- investigation. there was more
2: going on and there was a story in variety it said um he had a button under his desk oh, that allowed him to lock his door from the inside without getting up so he could quote initiate inappropriate contact without being afraid someone would walk in.
1: That was unfucking believable. was wow, I mean, so monstrous. Like, what? like
2: who installs this? Okay, yes. and like when do you call? You know, like the the handyman in the office and be like, dude.
1: And what do <laughs> you? Right. And what do you say? Like what? Like why do you need this? Like you know. I mean, I guess you could be like, oh well, if there's like a shooter in the building, I want to be able to like lock my door right away. I mean, that's. Maybe I really want to hear
2: from whoever it was that installed it. Like, if you're out there, <laughs> if you happen to be listening, just you know, call us. I won't even like, I won't even really say who you are. We'll just you know, yeah, we'll right. see. I just want the story. I want the down low on how that happened. Just Again, DM down low. us yeah. at Move
1: Left Idiots <laughs> on Twitter.
2: Yeah, let me know. <laughs> Did he use terrorism to get his locked, you know, locked door button in there? Was he afraid of a shooter walking in? Is that what happened? Because If I can't
1: have a locked door, the terrorists win.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: But so, you know, this story, this was on page six, which, I mean, you know, reputable news source right there.
4: (laughs) But the story was saying that.
2: That he Lauer and his wife have been estranged for years and that this was an, an open secret in the media, which again, this is a fucking media. Why do you have open secrets? You're the media. <laughs> You have a voice like it's not like you need a megaphone here. You can you can talk, you, but whatever. You
1: literally, your job is supposed to be reporting <laughs> on news and things that are, you know, people are trying to make sure that they don't get out. Like, I guess what? they're
2: all afraid because they all have skeletons in their closet. So oh, yeah. when one gets out, they're all afraid that, you know, theirs will get out. But so he and his wife were estranged. And and it was said that um, that if the white goes wife goes out to dinner, that it was always like. Her, with Matt, and another couple. Like, she wouldn't even be alone with him. That's wow. how things had gotten in their relationship.
1: Why are you just, like, divorce at that point? Like, what the fuck are you even with. You have
2: to this? assume it was the financials. Um, yeah. I, I can't imagine what else there was. But, um, you know, there was this story, I guess, that, you know, years ago when they were first married that um, – she she heard that he was going on location to shoot a story and freaked out and made sure that his staff at the last minute had to scramble and make sure that she went along and they all thought she was a nut job at the time i guess they say and and now it comes out they're like oh well maybe she was just <laughs> trying to prevent him from behaving badly unlike i think i think it think? was
1: actually the olympics in sochi yeah uh, that it might happened been. with um but I mean, the, among the other allegations, you know, of course, like <laughs> common theme in all these stories, he uh, called someone into his office and he just had his dick out. You know, he had his pants <laughs> down. His
2: again, day. okay, like I feel like, really, do we need to keep telling you guys? And apparently, we do. I'm going to say it again. We don't, <laughs> don't want to see it.
4: We don't. Nobody wants day.
2: to see it. Don't.
1: <laughs> um, you know, I, we we talked about Matt Lauer recently, actually, when we talked about the kind of. The next burgeoning story, which was the the pedophiles in Hollywood, mm. which which is unfortunately seeming to re- seemingly going to rear its Ted pretty soon because there was some stuff about Brian Singer the other day on Twitter. But yeah, uh, when
2: Lauer interviewed Feldman, it was yeah. a really awkward, bizarre. I have the,
1: have the audio from that. I'll, I'll play a little bit of the audio from that. Yeah. It's
3: just released. under two hundred thousand okay. dollars. Is that about right. So it's going to take a long time to raise 10 million dollars, and yeah. you've just told me that this is still prevalent in Hollywood, so yeah. every day you wait, every day you try to raise money, mm. I would imagine you believe that children are being abused by pedophiles in Absolutely. Hollywood. So
5: why are you sitting down talking to me, why aren't you sitting down with the police right now? I've told the police. In fact, if anybody wants to go back to 1993 when I was interviewed by the Santa Barbara Police Department, I sat there and I gave them the names. They're on record. They have all of this information, but they were scanning Michael Jackson. All they cared about was trying to find something on Michael Jackson. Who you
3: said, by the way, did not abuse you.
5: Who Michael was innocent, and that was what the interview was about with the police in 1993. I told them he is not that guy, and they said, well, maybe you just don't understand your friend. And I said, no, I know the difference between pedophiles and somebody who's not a pedophile because I've been molested. Here's the names. Go investigate. And let me push this forward. There are thousands of people in Hollywood who have this same information. Why is it all on me? Why is it if I don't release the names in the next two months, six months, or a year, I'm the bad guy. I'm the victim here. I'm the one who's been abused. I'm the one who's trying to come forward and do something about it. But there I'll are, I'll go hold back. on, please. I'm sorry. There are thousands of people out there, Matt, who have this information. Any one of those child actors that went to the teenage soda pop clubs with me when I was a kid know who those people are and the people who ran it. Anybody can go back through history and look at the teen magazines and say, what was the name of that venue there? Were all promoting and who ran that venue and, said, and who
3: endorsed it? You've said you've had death threats. Yes. Um, because you have this information yes. and have threatened to expose it. Another reason I think to go to police—that's a crime to threaten someone's life. I've gone to the police with that as well. I, and, and and what would be wrong with going to the police now again? Didn't work out in Sa- Santa
5: Barbara. There's a statute of limitations, Matt in the state of California, which protects people. It's not that way in New York. It's that way only where the movie industry is, conveniently enough, in California. That's the seriousness of this. You cannot, because if I were to go to the police, I would be the one who's getting sued. Henceforth, I need a team of lawyers, and I need a team of security to be around me at all times to keep me safe so I can get this message done. I'm not playing around. It's serious stuff, and I vow I will release every single name that I have any knowledge of, period. And nobody's going to stop me this time, as long as people support this.
1: So, yeah, um, Matt Lauer's a fucking douchebag. Um, You know, Corey Corey Feldman is, is, you know, really putting himself out there because he's talked about this for years, but he's really trying to... Kick this into overdrive to try to expose a lot of these people. Yeah,
2: I mean, he was, you know, really one of the lone voices out there and he's been the one to continue to beat that drum when nobody else has. And he's absolutely right, by the way. Why should this responsibility fall on him? There are clearly others who know about this, who engage in it, who enable it, who have an awareness of it. And, and yet the the responsibility falls on him no it, it shouldn't be that way and if the police know you know then then they're complicit as well um, they need to be doing more um, but I absolutely agree with him now I understand Corey hames mom's question like okay do you need 10, $10 million dollars you know to make this movie I, no he doesn't need that much to make this movie and I don't even like the idea that he's trying to do it as a As a fictional movie, I think it should be more of a documentary documentary, style. Yeah, I don't think you need special effects for this shit. But um, having said that, he absolutely needs security and lawyers because of what the onslaught of what he's going to see if he does tell, you know, even more of the truth to even more people.
1: Yeah, no, and and – you know Corey Corey Hames' mom's kind of she her and Corey Feldman have never gotten along so yeah, I, I, yeah. I would question her 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 questioning of his motives in general. Yeah, some Corey, people say
2: she's being paid off. Who knows?
1: That's possible. Yeah, Corey Hames' fucking life. Corey Feldman and uh, uh, maintains to this day that the reason Corey Hames was such a drug addict is because he was molested as a kid and he's so like mentally fucked up about it that that's why he was such an addict all those years and it killed him I and mean, like none of 40 these people had role. model
2: parents because of the the shit that yeah. their kids were allowed to do and the parties they went to and all of this their parents were all asleep at the wheel just cashing paychecks so none of them have any talking room as far as i'm concerned
1: yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but, it, and it's just so fucking gross, Matt Lauer just blaming the victim. And it's just really ironic in retrospect that he would disbelieve the victim of a sexual assault because we have learned that he is a fucking predator himself. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how that works out. Yeah. Um, uh, there were a couple others this week uh, Garrison Keeler, who I don't know because I'm fairly young <laughs> but apparently he was like a big deal and the uh, the
2: other one that was interesting um is Ruben Kewen. and he's not necessarily a, a nationally recognized name um in Nevada he was you know a darling of Harry Reed um you know and and I guess kind of groomed raised whatever by by Reed um into politics
1: installed into a seat by Harry Reid,
2: effectively yeah and um and so he was. It, it came out this week that uh, a campaign staffer from uh, his election a couple of years ago um, was. It, it wasn't just harassed like once, but you know, was uh, assaulted multiple times. He reached out for her thigh, um, you know, and was you know constantly harassing her about you know, did she have a boyfriend? Has she ever cheated on him? I mean, it sounded like it, it got so bad she had to leave the campaign. But what's worse? Here we go, Democrats. What's worse is the DCCC knew about it. They were told yeah. before the election, and they allowed this shithead to get elected.
1: Well, he may be a fucking molester, but at least he's not a progressive. <laughs> right? I think that's probably their thought Apparently process. that's
2: the message. And so what was actually interesting about this this week was um, – You know, Nancy Pelosi, who had taken forever in a day, you know, who initially was defending Conyers, right? When there were like up to
1: eight women,
2: um, you know, uh, with allegations against him and settled suits and everything. And, you know, Al Franken, you know, she wouldn't say a word about, but the second that something comes out about Reuben Keewen, she's all over it. So the, the head of the DCCC and Pelosi right away call for Kewin's resignation. And I just I have to look at it and go, um, okay. Well, first of all, now she's trying to come out as though she's this huge defender of women and you know champion of of women who've been assaulted and all of that. Okay, were we supposed to be just asleep while you sat there for the others and did nothing? Um, you know, and I and I really feel like, and this is not to um, to discredit. I, I believe the allegations. I think they're credible against Kewin. but I really think that this is an attempt to. Um, Turn us away from the stories about Franken and Conyers and, you know, maybe try to save them at the expense of essentially a smaller fish, a, a less think like known a de- name. Like the
1: Democrats might have even like let it slip to kind of make him the uh, focus of the attention.
2: They were told about it. So they knew this wasn't a yeah. surprise and they did That's nothing true. about it at the time. So why now? Hmm. Yeah. It just – it doesn't smell right and regardless, look, they all fucking need to go, every one of them. I mean and, – and I guarantee you there are women in there that are, are guilty of the same or worse and they need to go too. This is not a gender-specific or sexual orientation-specific or anything else thing. Any of this inappropriate behavior needs to go.
1: Yeah. And, you know, yeah, and to your point, they probably know about all the congressmen. I mean we learned this week or last week that – there's apparently this fucking slush fund where, where congressional uh, – or members of Congress can pay off accusers. At the cost uh, of
2: the American people. Yeah, at, at our expense. Cost,
1: yeah, at the American taxpayer's cost. And they are legally bound to not disclose anyone who had to reach a settlement or any details of a settlement made through that that fund.
2: So thank God for Tulsi. She's introduced some legislation this week to try to fix some of this shit that's been going on to make it not at the taxpayers' expense to, you know, She's allow for some yeah transparency on this. But
1: uh, I actually I, I have a little audio clip from her uh, her speech on the floor. It's okay. about a minute long.
4: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. For too long, survivors of sexual harassment and assault have been isolated, shamed, and bullied into silence while their abusers walk away scot-free, with the privilege of anonymity and with no personal or financial accountability. This has been happening right here in Congress, in the media, in many sectors in our society. No one, whether it be a Capitol Hill staffer, a Hollywood actor, a school teacher, or a soldier, or anyone in any profession, at no time should they have to choose between their job and personal safety. Congress needs to act now to end the practice of taxpayer-funded sexual harassment settlements, expose perpetrators of sexual harassment and assault, and provide a fair and transparent path to justice for survivors. This behavior is absolutely unacceptable. It has no place in Congress or in our society. It must end.
1: So, yeah. uh, Tulsi's fucking awesome. (laughs) I really think she'd make a great... Uh, first female president, and I hope we get to see that one day. That would be great. Yeah, but no, but she's been at the forefront of every fucking awesome bill to come through the House that seems like this year. Well, I mean, and she, what I,
2: I appreciate about her is that she's willing to take an unpopular stance, um, sure, you know, to yeah. speak out against even progressives of the moment to, to be questioned. You know, um, I appreciate that about her, and that's what I—that's how I define leadership. Honestly, is is being willing to to speak out even when it goes against the the public opinion or the the currently popular uh, thoughts on something.
1: Sure, she broke with the party to talk about what's actually happening in Syria, and they tried to smear her as an Assad apologist for exactly. it. So.
2: Exactly, exactly.
1: She doesn't give a shit. She just she is, you know, going to tell the truth regardless of what the party feels about her. So I think, you know. Hopefully, if Bernie decides to run in 2020, he looks to that uh, when he's looking for a running mate and doesn't fall for the usual trick of uh, give the establishment a concession by making one of their people a VP. Because I that's my other fear when he runs is that he, as a favorite to the party, he's going to take a fucking terrible vice president from you know their like 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 Joe Manchin <laughs> or somebody, um, and that's I, I think that would just be. That's going to drag the ticket down. I, I think he needs to pick know. a strong progressive. I mean, it's not going to drag it down totally, but
2: well, I mean, I don't know that he would do that. I, I you know, it's tough to say because again, you know, the he so
1: many concessions. Yeah,
2: of, the advice these people get, you know, in terms of oh, what you really have to do. I mean, he was smart in the uh, endorsement he did of Randy Bryce. He said, you know, like kind of wink wink you don't always have to listen to consultants i appreciate that even as a consultant <laughs> you know now you should sometimes listen to consultants i'd like to put that in there you know maybe most of the time but but you don't not, always have to
1: not all consultants are bad either. i, I, right. I think there's a you know we, we it, largely k street consultants are fucking awful but <laughs> when we say consultants we're referring to k street dc uh cutthroat capitalist consultants like if you have like a grassroots consultant that actually wants to help you win and is not trying to get you to buy uh useless tv ads then you should listen to them but if you have one of those people uh they're just trying to get your fucking money right right <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah hashtag not all consultants
2: <laughs> <laughs> there we go hashtag me too i don't know <laughs> yeah. um,
1: but uh just re- <laughs> one other quick thing on the sexual assault stuff joy reed was tweeting about this and she was saying something to the effect of like oh i wish we had a clear moral uh voice on the subject that's above reproach that could you know talk on this and one of the people in her mentions like just not challenging i was just like oh yeah well bernie bernie would be a good person to talk about this and she <laughs> is she is a fucking disingenuous piece of garbage Mm -hmm. who literally just repeats the Comcast talking points that she's handed every day before fucking breakfast. But this was one of the grossest fucking things I've ever seen her tweet. Um, So the guy said Bernie Sanders and she says, "Um, I get that he has a hardcore following, but his own attitudes toward women from his weird early writings to his physical dismissal of women in his presence, including his own wife. Make that an incredibly dubious prospect. <laughs>
2: there so, was a great tweet on this. There was a great tweet. It was like it showed Bernie and it clearly running towards a vote, you know, like running off an escalator and running uh-huh. and he like passes somebody. And he's like, I think this There actually a Douche tweet. Yeah. It was like, there he is again, you know, dismissing another, you know, female woman of color in his presence.
1: Like, <laughs> well, because he ran in front of a black Like there's a black woman in front right. of him. He like ran past her. Um, yeah. So... This is so fucking slimy and and bullshit. Like this is just not based in reality. I saw another person in support of him tweeting something about his misogyny adjacent behavior. I was like, what the fuck does that even mean?
2: I, I had to I had to really pause on that myself. Like I I sat there for like 5 minutes going trying to
1: figure out what that meant.
2: <laughs> misogyny adjacent. Like when are <laughs> we just making shit up now? Like
1: <laughs> What does that even mean? Um so uh, Jane Sanders, uh, never won to take a smearing lying down. I fucking love Jane oh, Sanders yeah. with all my heart. She fucking responded to this. Um, I didn't answer your biased reporting about Bernie during the last two years, Joy. Uh, but don't ever use me to demean my husband. I am very happy and very proud to be Bernie's wife. Your perception couldn't be more wrong. Have you ever talked with him? you never spoken with me. Um, so...
2: Well, you know, and this is a woman who, when they on the spot asked her one time, you know, one word to describe Bernie, the word that she used was integrity. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, (laughs) like, how how can you even think this? And how can you have
1: like? They seem, by all accounts, to have an awesome, like, loving relationship, much like the Obamas. That's one thing I'll always give Barack credit for. Is he seems to really be a genuinely good husband to Michelle. But like they. Uh, you know, Bernie and Jane have like a great relationship. It's, it's not at all like Hillary and Bill like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> or Mad and whatever her name is.
1: Or, yeah. Yeah. No, I, it, it, I mean, so for her to, and what she's referring to about his dismissal of women, there was literally, there's a clip that these fucking lunatics pass around, which was initially run by like a right wing, like fascist website that Joy actually cited for the, for, for her defense of herself, <laughs> uh, for her, her intense backpedaling. Um, there's this clip of him on the campaign trail, and he's giving one of his really animated stump speeches, and he's waving his arms around. And he and he and Jane's like next to him, and he kind of was like, "Hey, move over, like to her, because yeah. he's waving his arms around, and he almost accidentally hit, her. hit her.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it, but and he didn't, but like he almost did. So he's like, "Hey, move over, like because he did, <laughs> cause he gets animated when he gets into his speeches, and he knows that he that he can't help himself. But that was a so ca- apparently that, him, you know, telling a woman to move over. Yeah. <laughs> dismissing women
2: he dared to run against a female so you know he's a misogynist
1: fucking shameless it's so gross what the fuck happened there and then so (laughs) as as usually happens when when somebody has a fucking garbage take on twitter people dug up hurled tweets uh, oh
2: yeah and i had no idea how bad it i mean i really she didn't she, really even come into my awareness until, like, you know, this past well, year. She was a
1: nobody back in, like, uh, 08, yeah. 09, for the most part. Um, had a blog.
2: But they pulled some really interesting stuff. I don't know if you have any of it, but...
1: I don't have any of it up, but it was some really homophobic, like, horrible stuff. Like
2: I shared it out on on my Twitter feed, so if you want to find it, you can look through there. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, I had no idea just how bad she is because she was calling out, uh, was it the governor of... Florida, like, yeah. you know, repeatedly for calling him like, um, miss, you know, instead of, you know, normally addressing like he, him. And
1: he was, he's mad. He was married to a woman, but she was saying that that's his beard and all this. Right. Stuff. And she was like, really like being super homophobic, like, uh, and this is not in, like, you know, 1985, even though it wouldn't have been acceptable then. This is, like, 2009, 2008, 2009.
2: I mean. Which, I mean, you're a Democrat. Is outing someone really a look that you want to go for? Like, well, that was the we? other thing. Yeah, he
1: wasn't <laughs> out. Like, she tried to out him. Yeah. Like, it, it's just, like what happened to the person. whole
2: LGBT values? I don't know. But, yeah, she's, you know, Joanne Reed icon.
1: She's not a sane person. I mean, you listen to her talk on a show and she's just fucking unhinged about this Russia thing. It's
2: well, you just- know, I'm always so torn because it's like there are people who, you know, their stuff will come through my Twitter feed and it's it may be somebody like her or like Rosie O'Donnell. There was one today. It's like it, – they say something good, and so I get torn because, like, I know they might be a shitty person, but they say something good, and so, like, I want to retweet it, but then, like, right afterwards, I get, like, six million people piling on me going, they're a terrible person, how
1: could you share that?
2: It's like, okay, just because— me, mostly. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> no- Actually, there was there are others today. No, I know, I'm sure. <laughs> but um yeah, and I go back to like, okay, do I really need to put that shit in my bio? Like retweets are not endorsements. Like, just because yeah. somebody says something right once doesn't mean that like I'm saying that they're the greatest person in the world. So, but I struggle with that. I do.
1: I'm a, I'm a I'm a lot more obnoxiously purist about that i I did once tweet i know right i did once retweet a chris hayes tweet (laughs) that and that like even paid me to do i know i was like oh god it was like that scene in ace ventura like after he realized he was making out uh, with or whatever um so um yeah she's fucking horrible but jane uh never wanted to be denied her own agency (laughs) yes clapped her back pretty hard so that was that was that was the uh twitter smackdown of the week that was really (laughs) enjoyable (sighs) all right well that about does it for us this week um check us out on patreon if you like what you hear we uh for three dollars a month uh over on patreon we host movie left which is our progressive uh or well it's our political movie review podcast so we take a look at movies that have political theme whether it's a politically themed movie like about you know the Senate, or the presidency, or if it just has a theme that's important to our, you know, society, um, or a documentary. We will we talk, we watch it, uh, we give a little review, uh, we talk about some of the themes, kind of how we felt about it. We reviewed uh, JFK, the ninety one Oliver Stone movie, and we also reviewed John Carpenter. is called Classic uh, They Live, uh, which is I love that movie. Yeah,
2: what are we gonna do <laughs> next? I guess send us your suggestions.
1: Yeah, send us your suggestions. Uh, send it to at move idiots on Twitter or if you want to send it to at a Montrulo or at a poly bent on Twitter. Um, but yeah, so just check that out. And uh, hey,
2: I'm no longer a podcaster who doesn't listen to podcasts. So <laughs> we didn't do our recommend section, but I'm going to throw oh, yeah. a shout out to uh, Slow Burn which is the um, podcast for Slate Plus. Um, they're doing a series that's really riveting, um, at least the, the first one was, um, on Watergate and sort of drawing parallels to the reality, the time that we're living in now with, you know, the Mike Flynn and Russia and all of this shit coming out and, you know, the scandal and the, the top of our government. Um, really interesting. There's a lot of stuff that I didn't know um, about Watergate in this and just really interesting um uh, a profile of this woman named Martha. So check out Slow Burn as well.
1: Oh no, it's a woman named Martha. <laughs> have yeah. you Have you seen uh, Batman v Superman?
2: No.
1: Okay, they would, they would get this ch- <laughs> Don't bother. It's, okay. you, it, it's It's seven hours of your life that you'll never get back. But, <laughs> Did I have um, Ben
2: Affleck in it? Was that one of his? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I actually liked him in that. <laughs> He's one of the actually only bright spots of that movie. I objected
2: to the nipple in his costume. I couldn't watch that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, so I, I, for our, our recommend section, I don't recommend Batman (laughs) V Superman. (laughs) Um, actually, you know, there's something I want to recommend. I'm reading currently right now, this comic, it's called Black. Um, it's by this indie comic publisher, Black Mask Studios. And the entire premise of it is what if only black people had superpowers? Not all black people, but like the only people with superpowers are black people. Hmm. And it's really fascinating. Like, the the comic starts with, like, this kid uh, getting – an unarmed black kid getting shot by cops. And he doesn't die. He's, like – the bullets bounce off him. And that's, like, the start of this whole insane story. It's really interesting. And it's got a lot of interesting implications. And I'll talk about it more in, uh, at length when I finish it. But that that's something people should definitely check out because uh, it's, it's a really cool concept. Check
2: it out.
1: Yeah, uh, so uh, uh, our Patreon is patreon.com slash move left. You can find us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash move left. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. And join us next week for Move Left Idiots.
0: let
5: in the control room. Tonight.